بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده ونصلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمدللہ tonight is the 6th of may in the year 2023 and alhamdulillah we moved on to the 13th night that we're going through the blessed and illustrious life of the noble companion sayyidina abdullah ibn mas'ud radiyallahu and i'm steadily going through the subsection in which we're taking a glimpse into his awesome rank and also our beloved messengers love for him so in another report in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad number 175 with a Sahih chain of transmission Abu Ya'la Bazar Malifur Ahadith volume 4 page 557 of the New English Translation so that's the reference for this report but I'm going to add other, other reports within it to give a bigger picture so Amir al-Mu'mineen Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu he said Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he used to stay up at night discussing with Abu Bakr radiyallahu some affairs of the Muslims. He stayed up talking with him one night and I at the time was also with him. The messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa then went out and we emerged with him. We thereupon saw a man standing and offering salah in the masjid. So stop in the report. So note in this Sahih Hadith, again the status of the two shaykhs. Who was with Rasulullah during the night discussing the affairs of the Muslims, Abu Bakr. There was nobody else. So this clearly indicated the Prophet was preparing him. But Umar said, one night I also had the privilege. I was with him. Then he mentioned, we then arose. And we saw a man standing, offering salat where? In the masjid, Masjid al-Nabi. Adding another report. In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad number 4255, Sahih li Abdullah ibn Mas'ud himself said, I recited Surah An-Nisa and I did not stop until I completed it. <laughs> so the previous report, they saw a person praying. Who was that man? Ibn Mas'ud. And was he offering a short prayer? No, because I was reciting Surah Nisa, and Surah Nisa is about one and a half juz. In another report, another detail is added. In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad number 4340, Sahih Li when he had completed his salat, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, I was reciting Surah An Nisa and stopped when I completed a hundred verses. I thus he completed the entire surah within two rakats he was offering. So he didn't offer it in one rakat, he split it and he completed it. Rasulullah listened to his recite and as soon as we recognized him, he said, Man sarrahu an yakra al Qur'ana ratban kama unzil. Whoever would like to recite the Quran as fresh as it was revealed, then let him recite it according to the recitation of Ibn Umi Abd. 
So stop in the report. So his recital, like I mentioned, was like Jibreel's, alayhi salatu wasalam. So here the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasalam said, if you want to hear it, ratban. So when you say a fresh ripe date, you say rutbah. So he was using the same similar word. Whoever would like to recite the Quran as fresh as it was revealed, let him recite it according to Ibn Umay Abd's recitation. And I've just put a note here. This part of the hadith is also recorded in Ibn Majah, number 138. Ahmad in his Musnad, Hakim in his Mustadrak, Sahih. Al-Hatami in Majma al-Zawaid, 9-287, Sahih. Ma'rifal al-Hadith, volume 4, page 557 of the New English Translation. Shaykh al-Bani, rahmatullahi states, Sahih. In Sahih al-Jami, number 5,961. There's the context. The hadith here doesn't give you the context. Now we know when the Prophet said it. He's with Abu Bakr and Umar. He's middle of the night. He sees Ibn Masood praying, Tahajjad in Masjid al-Nabi. And he says these, these words. Then the same man, Umar said, the same man sat and offered a dua. Again, in another report, there's the addition. فَلَمَّا جَلَسْتُ بَدَأْتُ بِالثَّنَاءِ عَلَى اللَّهِ ثُمَّ الصَّلَاةِ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ صلى الله عليه وسلم ثُمَّ دَعُوتُ لِنَفْسِي I sat, praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then sent salat upon the Prophet then I supplicated for myself, said Ibn Masood. This is in Tirmidhi, Hassan Sahih. Ibn Majah, Bazar, Mishkat, in the chapter on sending salat upon the Prophet when it's excellence. Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi states Hassan in Sahih Sunan al-Tirmidhi, number 486. So he's offered the two rakats. Now he's, he's making a dua. And what is the uh, way he makes it? He first praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he sends salat upon the Prophet Then he goes, I made a dua for myself. Upon which Rasulullah said to him, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sal-tu'atah, Ask and you will be given. Ask and you will be given. So now what's happening? He doesn't know the Prophet's observing him. He's from a distance. He doesn't know Abu Bakr and Umar observing him. So the Prophet's saying this quietly. He just sees him making a dua and he goes, Ask and you'll be given. In another report, Ibn Masood said, I started offering dua while standing in salah. After the recital of the hundred verses, the Prophet then said these words. This is in Ahmad in his Musnad, number 4340, Sahih So now there's a conflict. Did he make that dua after the tahajjid? Or was he offering the dua during the salat? Maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud had offered two duas. One during the salat and one after. Because they're both authentic. So maybe during he made a dua. And also definitely after. I thereupon said to myself, Umar was saying, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I shall go to him tomorrow and inform him of the great glad tidings. So Umar didn't want to disturb him because the Prophet didn't go to him. Abu Bakr did. So inshallah tomorrow I'll tell him that we were watching you and the Prophet said, ask. So whatever dua you made is going to be answered. I just went to him the next morning to inform him of the glad tidings. But, subhanallah, I found Abu Bakr had beaten me to it. 
and given him the glad tidings. Wala wallahi ma sabaqtuhu ila khairin qattu illa sabaqani ilayhi. Indeed, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I never competed with him to do any good, but he always beat me to it. So look how beautiful. He had that intention. Obviously, Abu Bakr got that intention. How early did he go? Umar was thinking, I'm going to beat him. He goes, oh, he's already beat me. So this is the report. Further details are mentioned in another report. In Ahmed in his Musnad, number 265, with a Sahih channel transmission, Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu he said, then I went at night, I early dawn, to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud to inform him of the good news of what Rasulullah had said. Upon arrival, I knocked on the door. And when he heard my voice, he asked, Ma What brings you here at this hour? When I explained, he responded, Qad sabakaka Abu Bakr. You were beaten by Abu Bakr. I responded, In yaf'al fa'innahu sabakan bil khayrat. If he did that, this is not surprising, for he is always ahead of me when it comes to goodness and righteous deeds. Mastabakna khayran qattu illa sabakana ilayha Abu Bakr. Indeed, we never competed in goodness, but Abu Bakr beat us to it. So this adds a detail. Umar went to the dwelling, he knocked, and he said, why have you come at this hour? I mean, this is a time of privacy. And then he explained, he goes, last night, he goes, oh, Abu Bakr beat you. So question, when did he go to his dwelling? And then Umar goes, he goes, we can't beat him, because he's always ahead of us. Now what dua did he make? With regards to what du'a Abdullah ibn Mas'ud had made at that most auspicious time, he himself said, so don't forget, this is answered. In Ahmad in his Musnad, number 4,255, number 4,340, number 4,341, Sahih li-ghayri, Hakim in his Mustadrak, Sahih, Qanzul Umal, number 5,088. So Ibn Mas'ud, he said, Allah. The next morning, Abu Bakr came to me to inform me of the good news. And he asked, What did you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for yesterday? I responded, I, Amongst the things I asked for, meaning I'm not telling you everything, but I'll mention a few. Allahumma inni as'aluka imanan la yaratad wa na'iman la yanfad وَمُرَافَقَتَ نَبِيَّكَ مُحَمَّدٍ صلى الله عليه وسلم في أعلى جنة الخلد آمين O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I ask you for iman that will never change blessings that will never expire and to accompany your prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم in the highest part of the garden of eternity So Allahu Akbar, let's look at this. So all of what I've mentioned is a combined report and it's all absolutely authentic. <laughs> Such was Abdullah ibn Mas'ud in this mortal life and also right now with our beloved messenger. <laughs> as I'm speaking, where is he? Somebody goes, how do you know he's with the Prophet? Because the dua, what did he say? To accompany your Prophet in the highest part of the garden of eternity. <laughs> So now let's take a few lessons from this report. So how many lessons can we take? 
Number one, our beloved Messenger would discuss important affairs during the night, which is usually the time of privacy with the two honorable sheikhs of this ummah. So that shows their status. And he also shows he knew they were going to succeed. Number two, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was offering his tahajjad in the masjid, not in his own dwelling. That's interesting. Because the nafal prayer is more rewarding at home. But Allah wanted him to pray. So you get this honor. Number three, his tahajjad was clearly audible. Do we do it audibly? The Prophet did not, you know, you think, what was he doing? Right? So he was clearly reciting and they could hear it. Number four, he offered long rakats rather than focusing on the number of rakats. People always say two, four, six, eight, twelve. How many rakats were there? Why are you obsessed with the rakats? Was Ibn Masood obsessed with the rakats? Two rakats? He wanted to offer a long prayer. Number five, he's showing the etiquette in making a dua. Praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Send salat upon the Prophet. But there's another report from Ali radiallahu in Bihaki. And you send blessings upon the Prophet's family. Otherwise, it doesn't go anywhere. Then you make dua. Number six. Our beloved Messenger, not disturbing his worship, but listening from a distance. This is important. Somebody's offering, leading, doing something. You don't walk up to him from a distance. Why? Because you get close enough, you might distract him. So from a distance, he stopped. Meaning, don't disturb the worshiper. Number seven. Our beloved Messenger, immense praise. But yet again, not disturbing him at the time by informing him of this, even though it was something very important. But he goes, no, his worship is more important. Because don't disturb his worship. Number eight, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu's testification that he could never outdo or beat Abu Bakr in any good. Notice he said we, he didn't say just me, because we've all tried to beat him, but he's always ahead of us in goodness. And subhanAllah, the lessons of the narrations just go on and on. So now what's interesting, his dua is mind-blowing. Even if he had just made that dua by itself, that would have been enough. Allahumma inni as'aluka imanan la yaratad. I ask you, O Allah, for iman that will never change. I think about that. People fluctuate with the iman. Sometimes they're strong, sometimes they're weak. Because Yala, don't make my iman like that. Make it constant. In fact, there's hadiths. The Prophet he would say that ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a lasting iman. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to renew your iman. The hadith is in Abu Nu'im al hilya authentic. The Prophet mentioned the heart is like the moon. Clouds cover it. And he goes, he also mentioned in another hadith that it wears out in your heart iman. Like a cloth wears out by washing. Therefore, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to renew your iman. So this is important part of our dua. Do we make that dua? Ya Allah, please renew our iman. Give us lasting iman. This is all we can learn from uh, Ibn Masood radiallahu. Then what did he ask for? وَمُرَّافَقَتَ Sorry. وَنَعِيمًا لَا يَنْفَدْ Blessings that will never expire. So now what word did he use? Naim. The very last word of Surah Taqafil. ثُمَّ لَتُسْعَلُنَّ يَوْمَ إِذٍ عَنِ النَّعِيمِ What's the translation? 
on that day you should be questioned about the na'im. Na'im means the blessings. So what did he say in this du'a? وَنَعِيمًا لَا يَنْفَدْ That they won't expire, meaning don't let me lose my blessings, sight, hearing, strength. Could be referring to obviously paradise as well. Then he asked for وَمُرَافَقَةَ نَبِيَّكَ مُحَمَّدٍ فِي أَعْلَى جَنَّةِ الْخُلْدِ to accompany your Prophet Muhammad. I'm not deserving, but to accompany your Prophet Muhammad in the highest part of the Garden of Eternity. How do we know that was answered? Because the Prophet said, Ask and you'll be given. So now, also note it was the time of Tahajjud. And the Tahajjud time is the auspicious time when Allah answers du'as. So note, all of these were definitely given to him by Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And look how touching Allah not only mentioned the Prophet observing this, he also made the two sheikhs of this ummah observe that. Why? Because he lived on into their khilafats. And they held him with great love and affection, obviously noticing that Allah had honored him above others in certain areas. So note as mentioned that his beautiful recital was likened to no other then the archangel Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam. Mm-hmm. Thus our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wasalam loved to hear the recital of the Quran from him. So this is important. When you recite the Quran and you listen to the Quran, is it better to recite or is it better to listen? So the scholars have differed. Some say you get more reward for reciting. Some say you get more for it. It doesn't matter. They're both excellent deeds. The Prophet did both sallallahu alayhi wasalam. Question, is it better to listen to the recital of a beautiful recital? That's also from the Sunnah. Right? The Prophet listened to Ibn Masood. He looked to hear. Why? Thinking, look, he's like the flesh as it was revealed to me. So now let me give you a famous example of this. This hadith is in Sahih Bukhari, number 4582. Sahih Muslim, number 800. Tirmidhi, number 3025. Sahih. Ahmed in his Musnad, number 3551, 3,616, 4,118 with a Sahih chain of transmission. And I'm this is in Tirmidhi, number 3024, Ibn Imaj, number 4194, Sahih. So he's actually sitting on the pulpit, the few steps, and he asks Ibn Mas'ud, Iqra Ali, recite. I responded in surprise, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Aqra wa alayka wa alayka unzil. Shall I recite it to you? Was it was to you whom it was revealed? <laughs> The Prophet said, Inni uhibbu an asma'ahu min ghayni. Verily indeed, I love to hear it from other than me. Like I mentioned, the scholars differ. This is one of the proofs they say it's better to listen. Thus, I recited Surah Nisa until I got to verse 41. Wajina bika and we bring you, sallallahu alayhi wa as a witness against these people. In another report, there's the addition. Rasulullah was then beckoning me to stop with his hand. 
And I looked at him and his eyes were flowing with tears. Mm. This is in Tirmidhi, number 3024, Ibn Imajin, number 4194, Sahih. And in the report, I thereupon saw Rasulullah's eyes overflowing with tears. So now let's look at this. What was he reciting in the Tajjid? Surah Nisa. When Rasulullah asked him, recite, now be honest, what would we recite? Kululah <laughs> khat. That's how much we know of the Quran. If you even start with Surah Nisai, you think he must be an alim, right? Surah Nisai is not even an easy recital. It's a, it's a surah that was revealed in Al Madinah with Ahkam. He starts reading Surah Nisai. He gets to verse 41, so you can educate how long he'd been reciting. So let's say he was probably reciting to the Prophet for 10 15 minutes. So imagine the Prophet didn't just got one, two verses. So he's reciting 10 15 minutes. And then the Prophet tells him, stop. He, he jested to him. Because I saw he was weeping. Why did he have such an affection for Surah Nisa? And why would he recite it so often? I'll mention that at the relevant time. Surah Nisa is a very interesting surah. But why did he make him stop here? That's interesting. The Prophet told him to stop at verse 41. And we bring you as a witness against these people. Who is Allah talking about? The Prophet said, I'm going to bring you as a witness. He told him to stop. And of course, he wept. So the question is, why was Rasulullah weeping here? And we'll mention that tomorrow, inshallah. So all I mentioned today was beautifully the report where Sayyidina Ibn Mas'ud was offering tahajjid by himself. And little did he know that on that night he was going to be given an incredible honor by Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah ta'ala exposed something about his du'a, which only he knew subhanahu wa ta'ala. And who knows what else he asked for. Imagine that's enough. But Allah ta'ala gave him all that iman that will never fade, blessings that will never leave, and also to be with the Prophet in the highest grades in paradise sallallahu and then I mentioned that the Prophet loved to hear him recite. He asked him to recite. And I mentioned the report with regards to the matter. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi, subhanakallahumma bihamdika, ashtu wa illa khayyilla anta astafaluka, atubalika, 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 subhanallahumma bihamdi, amma isifun, wa salam, wa salam, wa salam, wa alhamdulillahi, wa alameen, wa salam, wa alameen, wa alasr, in the sound of the fi khusr, al-lazina amunu wa amunu wa salihan, wa alhamdulillahi, wa alhamdulillahi, wa alhamdulillahi, wa alhamdulillahi, wa alhamdulillahi, wa alhamdulillahi, wa alhamdulill